Today we're going to be wrapping up our series called Giants. The title of my message for you is Overcoming the Giant of Fear. Overcoming the Giant of Fear. One of my biggest fears is the fear of turbulence. Uh, when I fly, which is really unfortunate because in addition to teaching here at People's Church, I also travel and speak and teach at other churches and other places. Earlier this week, I just got back from Ireland uh, and a long flight. So I spend a lot of time on planes and I hate it when there is bad turbulence. I remember one time specifically that the pilot came over the intercom and he, you know, he told the flight attendants, he said, flight attendants, you know, please get things ready, prepare the cabin for bad turbulence. And, you know, I already started shaking, like the plane hasn't even started moving it. You know what I mean? Like I'm shaking, nothing else is. So they're slamming these drink carts shut. They'd been passing out drinks to everybody and they're, they're flying down the aisles trying to get everything buttoned up and the plane starts shaking and bouncing and my hands are just gripped onto the armrests next to me. And I just start praying, I'm like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel. You know, I'm like, I don't, even, I don't even, does this plane even have a steering wheel? You know what I mean? I'm like, Jesus, take the wings. Jesus, give me wings. You know what I'm saying? By the end, I'm like, I believe I can fly. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like, oh Lord, I hate it when there is turbulence. It, that fear grips me. It affects my thoughts. It affects my actions. It can begin to control everything. Fear really is a giant in our lives. And today I want to talk to you about overcoming that giant. Fear majorly influences us. It influences the world around us. If you go to places like phobialist.com online, you can find they have about 530 different phobias or fears listed on that website. 530. Let me give you a couple examples. One is nomophobia. It's the fear of losing cell phone contact. Now, how many of you guys, some of, some of us, we suffer from that. The next, how about ablutophobia? Like that just sounds bad. Ablutophobia, that's the fear of washing or bathing. Let's just hope you're not seated next to somebody who has that fear today. This, how about nosophobia? That's the fear of having a specific disease. I have a friend who has this. Every time he gets like the slightest headache, he's like, oh no, it's a brain tumor. I have cancer. I have six months to live. It's like, bro, take an aspirin and a nap. You know what I mean? Like, calm down. Like, it's not that big of a deal. That's a fear that people deal with. Aphibophobia. This term refers to the fear of teenagers. You better stay away from the mall. That's all I got to say. You end up curled up under a table in the food court screaming, they're everywhere, you know, like, just stay away. This is one of my favorites, phobophobia, which is, of course, the fear of having a phobia, the fear of having a fear. The truth is that fear really is a big giant in our lives. I want to take a look at a couple of verses from the Bible as the Lord speaks to us about fear Romans chapter 8, verse 15, the Bible says this, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves or slaves of fear. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him, by that spirit, we call him Abba, Father. 2 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse 7 helps us understand more of that spirit that God has given us, his spirit and what that means for our lives. Second Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, of love, 
and self-discipline or of a sound mind. Fear doesn't come from God. And God has given us his spirit. And along with that spirit comes strength. Along with that spirit comes love. Along with that spirit comes the ability to control ourselves. God has given us that spirit. But we still have to face the giant of fears. Fear is something that we struggle with. And today I want to look at three fears that we must overcome. Fears that affect us personally and professionally and even spiritually. Three fears I want to focus on today. Number one, the first fear is fear of failure. The fear of failure. This fear keeps so many people from experiencing so many amazing things that God has planned for our lives. Whether for some that that fear keeps them from returning to college to complete or to finish a degree, whether it keeps some from making a career change, it keeps some from stepping out to begin a new business or a new venture. Uh, This fear affects so many areas of our lives. It, It keeps some people from serving in a ministry. This fear keeps so many people from stepping out in faith to do whatever it is that God has laid on their heart. This fear may have even kept some from stepping into a relationship with Jesus because of the fear that we're going to fail God, because of the fear that we're going to mess this up. This fear grips our lives. It can be a controlling and a debilitating fear. But listen again to what the Lord says to us in the scriptures. Philippians chapter number four and verse 13, a scripture of encouragement the, the writer uh, Paul says this, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. I can do everything. Everybody say everything. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Romans chapter number eight, verse 37, another encouragement. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him, through God who loved us. We are overcomers. There is a strength available to us through the spirit of God, through the work of God. His word promises us that we can have strength to overcome these kinds of fears in our lives. I know that I've faced the fear of failure. 10 years ago when I was starting out trying to build an evangelistic ministry, traveling around preaching and teaching in different places, I had a fear of failure. I was starting out with very little support, practically no money. I didn't have a big network of connections to help me build this thing. And the truth is I knew in my mind that failure was a possibility. I knew that it, it, it might not work out. And in a lot of ways, I felt like I could come up with more reasons not to do it than I could come up with reasons that I should do it. And many times that's how it works when it's time to take a step of faith. And I tell you, I'm glad that through the strength of God, through the work of God in my life, I was able to take steps of faith and overcome that fear. And I'm glad I did because thousands of lives have been affected because of that decision. I think of Pastor Herbert and Tiffany. They left a successful traveling evangelistic ministry to, le- to move from Missouri here to Oklahoma City, to live in a place they'd never been, to do something they had never done. I know it was scary for them. I know they stepped into this knowing that failure was a possibility. But through God's strength, they overcame that 
fear. And they began People's Church about nine and a half years ago. And aren't you glad that they did? Because thousands of lives have been changed because they took a step of faith through the strength of God to overcome the fear of failure. The fear of failure. That's a powerful truth. And so often, many of us are kept from experiencing the things that God has planned for our lives. We're held back from experiencing those things because we're so afraid that we're going to fail. We don't want to step out. When a moment comes and God puts something on our heart and it's time to try something new or do something different, we ask, what if I can't do it? Can I tell you something that I hope relieves you today? You know what? You can't do it. You can't do it. And neither could I. But through God, we can accomplish these things that he's dreamed for our lives. God has planned for you. He has purposes for you. And you and I cannot accomplish those things on our own. We need God's strength to be at work in our lives. That's an amazing truth. That, that is a truth that we can rest in today, knowing that God has strength available for us. When we're weak, he is strong. That's an amazing truth, but it doesn't end there. There's more today. There is more to it today. We have strength to help us overcome, but we also have this truth from the word of God. We know that there is redemption when we do fail. There is redemption when we do fail. Proverbs 24 and verse number 16. I believe this is gonna help somebody today. I believe this is gonna speak some people today. Proverbs 24, 16. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Even the righteous fall, but the righteous with God rise again. Again, let me say it this way. If we aren't failing, that means we aren't trying. We've got to take steps of faith. And when we fall, when we fail, through God's grace, we can learn from those experiences and we can get back up in his strength and try again. They rise again. Everybody say it with me. They rise again. That's a powerful truth for us today. I know that we can overcome the fear of failure. When I started out, I had a lot of fears that I might fail. I traveled a few times with Pastor Herbert in college to see what it was like. And then when I graduated, I started out and it was scary. I was nervous. I wondered if it was going to work out. There were people in my own home church that told where I grew up in Missouri that, that told my parents that I was never going to make it. But through God's strength, even though there were moments when I was starting out where I failed, I had opportunities I didn't make the most of. I had times where I kind of just fell flat on my face. There were moments, seriously, I wanted to give up. I wanted to quit. But through God's grace, I got back up and tried again. And I'm so glad that God was with me and that he gave me strength because so many lives have been changed. We overcome the fear of failure by failing, by trying, and through God's grace and strength, getting back up and heading as fast as we can headlong into the dreams and the plans that God has established for our lives. If I can say it this way, our biggest regret will not be the things that we failed at. It will be the things that we failed to even try at. And let me encourage you in the love of God, in the strength of God's spirit, to take steps of faith and watch God 
do miracles in your life. Whether it's going back to college to finish a degree, taking a, a, a turn in your career path, starting a new business venture, whether it's, it's getting back into uh, a, a, a relationship. Maybe there's been failed relationships in the past and that fear is, is keeping you single. It's keeping you from wanting to start those new things. Step out in faith and the strength of God and allow him to unfold the plans that he has for your life. My prayer is that you would step out in faith and and that God would do amazing things in your life. We can overcome the fear of failure with God's help and God's strength. The fear of failure. Number two, the second fear that I want to talk about is this. The fear of the future. Another fear that grips hearts and lives is the fear of the future. The future is unknown. It's unpredictable. And the truth is that's exactly why it's so scary. It's scary because we can't control it. We don't know exactly what lies ahead around the next turn and the next twist that life will bring our way. And that's a scary thing for us. This fear affects so many people. There are a lot of college students who are maybe getting close and nearing graduation and they don't know what's going to happen after school. Looking out at, at their, their jobs are scarce. It's a difficult time and they're gripped by the fear of an unknown future. There are many who are facing unemployment. Where will the next job come from? Where will the next paycheck come from? There are many today who have a job, but they're gripped by the fear of the future because they don't know when the next round of cuts is going to come or who the next person to be laid off will be. There are some who have planned to retire. Maybe in 10 years you had a plan to retire and everything was going well. And now with the downturn and the economy, that's up in the air. And you don't know exactly what the future holds. And that is scary. And maybe today you're gripped by that fear. I know I face this fear when I think about having children. I think about bringing kids into this world. I don't know what kind of challenges they'll face and that scares me. I look at the, the future of the economy, the stock market. I look at the moral decline of our society and the world around us and I think, how, how can I raise children in this world? That's a difficult thing. That fear affects our lives. Here's what happens in this fear. Because we don't know what's going to happen and we don't know what the future holds. We have a tendency to try to take control of our future. And we feel like we have to force it to happen. We feel like we have to start manipulating our circumstances because if I don't take control of this, what I want or what I desire for my future is never going to happen. What happens is we end up playing God with our futures. And when that happens, we many times start to compromise our character. We start to marginalize and sort of push to the side our integrity. Many times it starts small. We just start cutting corners at work. Maybe it starts out with us just being a little bit dishonest with things. We kind of skew some reports in our favor or we make others we work with look bad so that we look good for a promotion that's upcoming. We feel like we have to force it. If I don't do this, if I don't take care of this, it's never going to happen. We start playing God with our futures because we feel like we have to force these things into reality. And the truth is it ends up hurting us. We compromise our morals and many times it ends in outright disaster. And in stark contrast to what happens so many times when we face the fear of the future, when we face this giant, listen to what God says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. 
The, the Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The Bible says we can take the fear that I experience, the worry that comes from that fear. God says we can take those things and through prayer, we can exchange them for his peace. And that peace will guard our hearts and our minds. It will keep us from feeling like we have to force that future because we're not living by the thought that says, I have to make this happen. We're living by the thought that says, I have turned it all over to God and my destiny, my future belongs to him. Proverbs chapter number three, verses five and six says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. College students dealing with the fear of the future, trust in God. Unemployed, facing cuts at work, the possibility of being laid off, trust in God. He can make your paths straight. He can form and unfold the future for you. We can turn these things over to God. Your parents, it's difficult. You're worried about how can we raise godly children that will serve the Lord. I deal with this. I don't even have the kids yet. And I deal with this fear. I don't even have the children yet. And already I have to turn them over. I've had moments where I had to turn them over to God in prayer. And exchange my worry, exchange my fear for the peace of God. Can I tell you, I've experienced the peace of God. And there is a strength that comes from this peace that God offers us. Maybe you're, again, planning to retire and now those plans are up in the air. Or you've been trying to buy a home in the next three years and how is that going to work out? Or trying to find a spouse, somebody to share your life with in the next five years. And, and there's uncertainty. What will happen? Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. He will make your paths straight. We can overcome this fear of the future, this giant. We can pray. We can trust in God. Last week, Pastor Herbert talked about financial giants. He talked about how there are many who struggle with returning the tithe, returning 10% of our income to the Lord. There are many who don't trust God with their finances. There are many who want to play God with their finances, who want to hold back that tithe, who, who want to hold that back from the Lord. There's a battle that takes place in our minds with this struggle. And the struggle is if we return the tithe, if we give 10% back to God in our minds, that money is gone. But in our minds, all of the bills are still there. All the bills are still stacking up on the counter at home. We still have to pay all of those things. In our minds, we're going, that money is, is out, but the bills are still here. And I've still got to, I got to buy groceries and I've got to pay for gas and you got to get your nails did. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to, there's some things that you got to cover. There's some things that you've got to pay for. And it's a difficult battle. You got those bills. They're kind of smacking you in the face at home. And we struggle with this and we end up because of the fear of the future. Because of the uncertainty in our finances, we end up keeping what is God's from the Lord. We end up robbing from God. But I want us to look at Malachi chapter number three, verses nine and 10. God offers us a challenge. 
in the midst of our struggle with returning his tithe. And in Malachi chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, Malachi is the prophet of God, and he's speaking to the people of God. And he says, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. The blessings are there for your financial life. The blessings are there. I don't know what form they will come in. I I don't know how God will provide, but I believe that God will bless your finances if you honor him in obedience to return the tithe. And church family, we wanna make this easy for you. We wanna give you the opportunity to test God as he has challenged us to do with the three-month tithe challenge. We want to challenge you, if you're new to tithing, to begin tithing for three months for 90 days. And at the end of that three-month period, if you feel that you haven't experienced the blessings in your finances that God has promised, you can call the church and we will return that tithe to you. We will cut you a check for the full amount you've given in tithe over those three months. No questions asked. No questions, no condemnations. We believe so strongly in the word of God and the promises of God that we believe if you test God, he asked us to do this. In this area of our life, he said, test me in this. We believe that he will bless your life. He will bless your financial future. If you're new to tithing, you can find one of these cards in the seat back pocket near you. You can fill out the bottom, tear it off, return it to us. You can keep the top portion We ask that you would give with a tithe envelope because we need a record of your giving. In 90 days, don't call the church and tell us you gave us $100,000 and that you want your money back. Okay, mama didn't raise no fool, all right? Okay, but we believe that there is blessing available for you. God will honor his word in your life. I know for me, there's been times where I've struggled with this. There's been times where I felt like I was in a situation where I couldn't afford to return the tithe to God. Early when I was starting out in my ministry, there were times where the finances were tight. There were times I looked at the bills I had to pay and the money that I had, and I just thought, I can't afford to give 10% back to God. I struggled with this. The fear of the future caused this difficulty in my life. And there were moments where I, I thought, I just can't do it. And I prayed And I took a step of faith and I decided to remain obedient and to continue to return the tithe to God. And I remember like it was yesterday. I took a trip to New York and I flew back into St. Louis, Missouri where a pastor friend of mine picked me up on a Wednesday afternoon. He picked me up and he said, hey man, will you preach for us tonight? And to be honest with you, I was tired. I was worn out from the trip. I really didn't want to preach. And I reluctantly agreed. I said, okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll preach for you. I'll I'll do it. So that evening I preached for him at his church. After the, the message was over and the service had concluded, out in the lobby a couple came up to me and they shook my hand and they thanked me for my message and for my ministry and then they handed me a folded check and they said, we just want to bless your ministry. I wanted to look at that check so bad. <laughs> so bad, but that, that's not polite, you know? So I took the check and I tucked it into my pocket, talked with them for another moment, I shook their hands and as soon as they turned around, I went into stealth mode and cut my way through that lobby. Went into the pastor's office by myself and shut the door behind me. I pulled the check out of my pocket and I unfolded it out. I'm telling you, my eyes crossed. I about had a bowel movement and fell down on the ground. 
I was like this. I was getting all weak in the knees. I'm like this. Like my eyes are all, all fuzzy and hazy. And I'm looking at it. I'm like 25, 225. That's all. Oh, I'm like 25. Thank you, Lord. That zero is on this side of the decimal point. That's $250. Thank you, Lord. There is another zero on this side of the decimal point. It was a check for $2,500. God is faithful. He is faithful. Now, I'm not telling you that somebody's going to stop you in the parking lot on your way out of church and give you a check. I don't know how God will choose to bring blessing into your life as you honor him by returning the tithe. But he will bless your life. He will honor his word. God said, test me in this. We can't overcome the fear of the future. We can overcome it in our finances, in our career, in our relationships, we can overcome it through the promises of God's word. Learn those promises, meditate on them, memorize them, quote them, speak them, pray them. We have strength through the word of God and through the spirit of God to help us overcome the fear of the future. Three fears that we must overcome, the fear of failure, the fear of the future, and finally, I wanna talk to you about overcoming number three, fear of death fear of death. Can I be the bearer of bad news for a second? We're all going to die. Like, like shock of all shocks. We're all going to face death. And I'll be honest with you, I hate thinking about death. I don't like talking about death. There are certain TV shows I don't want uh, to watch because it, it, just, it just reminds me of death. I saw a commercial that said the show Fear Factor is coming back. <laughs> I will not be watching that show. I will not be watched. That show is like a thousand creative, horrible ways to die. There's people getting covered with tarantulas. I'm in my recliner and I can feel them crawling on me. You know what I'm saying? Like people are getting dropped in a snake pit. Like, dear God, rescue me now. People are jumping out of planes. There's snakes on the planes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, it's crazy. I don't want to watch it. It makes me think about death. It's just horrible ways to die. I don't like thinking about it. I, I don't want to talk about it, but... I really feel that the fear of death comes down to one thing. It comes down to what we believe happens after death. And can I tell you that there is hope after death for those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ? And for those who have that relationship, my prayer is that these moments will be a powerful reminder to you of the hope that we have. Today, if you haven't made the decision to step into a relationship with God and accept Jesus Christ, my prayer is that these moments would be a powerful revelation to you of the hope that is available to you today. Here is what the Bible says in first, 2 Corinthians 5, 1. 2 Corinthians 5, 1. For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. I look forward to that kind of a promise. I'm pumped about this house that God has prepared for me in heaven. And I'm super pumped about a new body in heaven. I'm just saying, maybe when I get to heaven, I'll finally have muscles. You know what I'm saying? Just maybe. Maybe when I get to heaven and I flex, something will finally happen. I'm flexing right now. Now I'm not flexing. I'm flexing again. Now I'm not, you know, nothing, maybe when I get to heaven, I'll have a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Amen. Like Arnold 30 years ago, not Arnold now, not... Not Arnold, third, Arnold back in the day. I mean, I'm pumped about that. But there's so much more. It's not just about a home in heaven. It's not just about a new body. Listen to what God promises us in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. 
For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, the dwelling place, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Those are amazing promises from the word of God. There is a future, a hope in heaven that waits for those who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who have accepted him as their Lord and Savior. There is a future of dwelling with God. There is a future of hope in heaven where there will be no more death, no more sorrow, sickness, or sadness, no more pain, no more tears. There is a hope. When I think of death, I can have hope rather than fear. And don't get me wrong, I want to enjoy my family. I want to enjoy my career. I want to accomplish the things that God has set out for me. But when that moment comes, I have hope in Jesus Christ to overcome the fear even of death. Even death loses its power and its sting through the hope that is available in relationship with Jesus Christ. And that hope is available to you today. God's word, his promises, his truth gives us the strength to be overcomers, to face down giants even as big as fear and overcome the fear of failure to step out in faith and live the dream that God has planned for our lives, to overcome the fear of the future. I don't know what the future holds for your life or for mine, but I know that I can trust God with the future of my finances, my career, and my relationships. I can trust in God. He will provide and come through. And in the hope of heaven that's available in Jesus, we can even overcome the fear of death. Put your trust and your faith in Jesus today.